My name is Claire Liu, and I'm the CEO of New Year Company. And today I have a really special guest. I have Sarah Sutton Fell, who is the CEO and founder of Flex Jobs, an incredible resource for folks who are looking for remote work, as well as she's the founder of Remote.co, which is another incredible resource for remote work. And so Sarah is someone who I met um, at a conference, uh, I want to say just, yeah, back in yeah. September that she helped organize and that I, you know, spoke at. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just been incredible to, to hear, you know, the company she's run for the past 10 years, having grown it to 100 people. And there's just a lot to be learned from you. So thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's, it's great to be in Chicago. Absolutely. Yeah. And so Sarah's actually in from Colorado on this very snowy day. So we're very <laughs> happy she could make it. <laughs> So Sarah, yeah, there's this one question that I want to ask you that I've been asking a lot of leaders who I respect, which is, what's something you wish you would have learned earlier as a leader? One of the concepts that that comes back around um, for me, and I've probably embraced the most, is is listening to your gut instinct. It's something that for me, you know, I, I dropped out of college to start my first company with a friend. We were two women who did not have business experience it was a passion idea. We created the first um, online entry-level job database. Wow. Um, and how old were you at the time? We were 21. So we we dropped out. We convinced our parents to let us yeah. have a, a semester off. And um, <laughs> we we're going to try this crazy idea. But it was right when the internet was coming out. It was 95. So it was, it was pretty early in terms mm-hmm. of like getting it, it adopted. And I went to Berkeley and it was one of those countries. Still couldn't get email addresses readily. I mean, it was <laughs> yeah. really, really pretty early. And we love this idea she was going to be a teacher. I was going to, into the international relations. So neither of us had business background. And when we dove in, we dove in wholeheartedly and we tried to teach ourselves everything we could. We read business books. We were just diving in and getting, um, starting to raise money and all of these different areas. And the internet culture and kind of this youth entrepreneurship movement really hadn't started. It was mm-hmm. pretty, pretty new. And so we were young and we had a lot of people telling us that we had a great idea, but here you have to do it this way or this way or this way. And we saw a different way in many, yep. many of the cases. And I'm keen on learning, so I love listening. And we knew we weren't business experts and we we're coming into this as, as first-time entrepreneurs. Uh, so we probably took people's advice against our own instinct much more often than we should have. Hmm. And I know that when I looked back after selling the company at kind of the things I would have changed or what I wish I maybe, is there anything I wish I had done differently? Yep. And I'm not a big believer in the concept of regret, but I, I do like to reflect and look at what I could have learned and where was that moment maybe, those moments of inflection. Yeah, you no, absolutely. What happened if you'd done it differently. And uh, more often than not, almost all the big ones were times where I had a gut instinct on something and that I could back up with competitive research or with data or with, mm-hmm. that I could back it up. Sure. It's but, not like you were just dreaming. But it went against yeah. somebody else's opinion, or in that case, many like more traditional business approaches. And so I've looked at that and I've embraced it throughout my career since then a little bit more. And certainly in my second company, I've yeah. been able to own it much better mm-hmm. um, and to listen to that guy again balancing it out with having some really important data points and yeah. uh, research. I believe in due diligence, um, but it's it's something, and defensibility of the ideas. Yes. Uh, but gut instinct is something that's very valuable. You can't learn it in a, in a MBA. You can't learn your gut instinct. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like a really valuable tool. 
Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here just nodding my head because I'm like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. I, I struggled with listening to my gut, I think, my entire career as an entrepreneur and as a founder. It's incredibly difficult. It's something to this day. I, I still know that that's very vital. And so it's refreshing to hear you, you know, you share that that's um, something that, that you know, you've similarly, you know, gone through. And I'm curious what you know, right? So like, I think sometimes I've been in situations where all the ideas sound good. And I do have a gut feeling about one of them. But how do you know, like when to listen, and then when to be humble and take it and, and learn it and maybe go a different way? For me, there's probably two main situations, then some in between. But mm-hmm. sometimes there, there are situations where you just really believe in something and it might not make sense. Um, <laughs> but you really feel like it's it's right. Yep. And you have a real strong sense about it. And you might not be able to make it defensible from all of the data points at this sure. point. And you need people to have a little faith. And you're having little faith that something about your experience and where you are at that that time and place Mm -hmm. has given you this insight that it's good to listen to it. And I think depending on the type of leader you are, generally, if you have a team behind or people you're working with or investors or what have you, but Mm -hmm. you've earned it a little bit. Yeah. They trust you. You're the leader for a reason. Yes. And I think you don't want to, you can't tap into that all the time. Mm -hmm. You you have to see it first life moments. But you know, if people can trust you to, make these leaps and have that vision and mm-hmm. support you, even if they don't totally see it yet. I think it's a wonderful thing. I mean, that's vision, it's innovation, it's the, at the core of a lot yes. of really huge forward-thinking and successful ideas and businesses. Mm-hmm. Again, you can't do it all the time, though. So mm-hmm. the rest of the time, yeah, I, I really focus on defensibility of ideas. Mm-hmm. And not only for myself, but for my team. I might have an idea, but I really look at what can back it up. Yes. And making sure that does it make sense for the company now? I might have an idea that I love and I think it's going to be great. We definitely are going to have to do it. Yeah. But now actually might not be the time. And at our first company, we had like people coming to us with ideas all the time. And we had no shortage of ideas as any healthy company does not have a shortage of good ideas, but it's about when, when to execute mm-hmm. them. And, and yes. is this the right time and do we have the right resources? And so we finally tacked up a piece of paper on a wall uh-huh. and I think in crayon um, <laughs> yeah. or marker or something was like crazy ideas. And so somebody would come to our desk and they'd be talking about this idea and be like, that's it. Put it on the wall. Put it on the wall. And so yeah. we would go through that. We left it on the wall and we'd go through it sometimes. And we're like, Ooh, it didn't work then, but actually let's try that now. Mm. You know? And there are sometimes that even with yourself, when you have a gut instinct on something that you have to give it some space to breathe. Yes. It might not be now, um, mm-hmm. but it, it's something I, I really believe in not losing those ideas. Or right. Those kind of things. I like to write them down or keep them somewhere where I can revisit. Right. And, and put together the, the pieces of the puzzle that'll support it. Yes. Um, yeah. So. I think like this idea of listening to your gut instinct, mm-hmm. not being in opposition of putting something maybe on hold or listening to it later, right? Mm-hmm. And the timing of it. I love that you can, do both and that listening to your gut doesn't always mean just sort of doing it right in the moment. Yeah. Um, and then also what I thought was really interesting is and you use the word defensibility, which I think a lot of people, they don't associate with gut instinct, right? It's like one yep. or the other. You can either defend it and sort of like state a case or you just like listen to your own little maybe crazy inner voice. <laughs> and you're saying, no, well, they're actually very complementary and they mm-hmm. should be used very much together. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really wonderful. Uh, another thing I was thinking about too is again, just sort of personally reflecting on, you know, how I've always tried to 
find ways of, oh, how do I get better at listening to my gut is a lot of times there have been moments where I do not listen to my gut because I'm scared of it not working out. Mm-hmm. The difference between just like going with an idea where it's like fully defendable or and everyone is on board versus like it's just you yeah. and it's just your kind of idea. It's like, well, if we do that, then it's like if we don't, if it doesn't work out, that's, mm-hmm. that's on me. So I'm curious for you, do you think through sort of like how you communicate that, you know, or how do you, um, I don't know, like, how do you make sure that when you are, yeah, or deal with sort of maybe that fear of it not working out mm-hmm. always yeah, or that, that doubt? I try to take a Zen approach to it in many cases, but mm-hmm. I also believe failure is really important for learning. Yep. Um, so the Zen part is that I, I, I try to let go of some of the self-doubt. Um, yeah, you know, I think that it's inherent in all of us. And yes. I think with entrepreneurs, it depends on who you have on your team, too. Um, I've been in both situations. One, for example, a board and investor group that was very highly critical and often looking for, mm-hmm. you know, kind of fault or who, if something goes wrong, who's, who's yeah. it's going to roll kind of concept, that old idea. And then I have my current investors and, and board members are, you know, the first time some, when something goes wrong, the first thing they say is how can we help. Yeah. And that shift is monumental. Right. I mean, obviously, in a, in a successful organization, it's going to push limits or be innovative. You need risk. Yes. You need people to feel comfortable taking risk and putting themselves out there sometimes. Mm-hmm. However, you don't want people doing it blindly or without kind of that, you know, thinking it through, uh, that defensibility, kind yes. of that balancing the strategy, the short and long-term risk, the yes. short and long-term benefits, et cetera. So, I do try to look at it as a, a long road, though. And if you have mm-hmm. a team, if you can build a team with you, both both colleagues and if, if you have funders who can understand and be there as the longer game, mm-hmm. one failure doesn't reflect negatively. In fact, pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone can often be a much more beneficial situation in the long run. Yes. When it's done occasionally, when you're not right. doing it and falling flat on your face every single time. Right. But, um, but falling on your face is an important lesson. And, and it's a lesson. Yeah. And you learn right. a ton from it. It's a lesson. Yeah. yeah. And it makes you more strategic next mm-hmm. time and more, you know, careful in your due diligence. And yeah, I, I view failure as an important part of growth. Uh, it's not something I encourage and I try to set people up for success. Sure. But, right. <laughs> but I, I'm a mom and I have two kids and it's obviously yeah. the same thing. You know, you want them to have some failures. They learn consequences and learn Absolutely. how to plan things out more. So Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was also thinking about and wondering with this idea of, yeah, trusting yourself and being okay with maybe it not working out, right? And letting yeah. go of that is, you know, you make the decision, right? You make the call, but then it's, you know, there are all these other people, whether it's employees, board members, investors, um, partners who you have to now share. Okay, we're going with this. We're going with the gut decision, right? How do you do that? How do you think about that as, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to learn more about yeah, your thoughts around that. I think collaboration and kind of um, engagement within your team is super important. Mm-hmm. And so it depends on what we're doing, but I, I feel as if I try to get my team members to have ownership mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Our company is a very mission driven company. We help people find jobs. Yeah. We help people in the way, you know, find better situations in their lives. And that's something that from every single person, every single role in our company, we can find ownership of. You know, we have researchers who go out and find jobs to add to our site. Yeah. And, you know, you can consider that a pretty straightforward, some, you know, in some ways, simple job. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they're the one who found that job lead, 
that a job seeker lands that job and we get a success story and yes. they, that whole, those were dots are connected. Yes. I mean, it is incredibly gratifying. Yeah. So that's an example. That's our big mission, but like with projects too, I try to get people's engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, working on a really big company project right now that involves engagement and real dedication from everyone, from mm-hmm. different teams. Yep. And it was my idea. It was my crazy idea yeah. to do this. Yeah. But having people feel they have a voice and yes. having ownership in it as well. And also validating their concerns. Yes. Um, really listening. It's listening. Feedback and constructive criticism and why they think it's a good idea or a bad idea. And then right. if they can come around too, you get them on board. Absolutely. And more for it. Or be more, it's, just, it's exciting. It generates excitement. Definitely. I mean, I, I was curious because I think there's definitely moments where, yeah, you make the call and then you're like, okay, are we just going with it? And yeah. it's so much more than that. It's, you know, like you said, you have to give people ownership and make it's sure a they're cultural all thing. I mean, if your culture is, you know, you don't want to be the blind leader, right? Yes. You don't, you don't want everyone just following you and not questioning. Absolutely. I mean, I don't, at least. I, for me, part of our healthy culture is that kind of the voices and the, that everyone has a voice in the company and that we can kind of work together. And definitely, um, while I might lead some things, other people on my team come up with great ideas and let's do those too. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. So and I might come up with a crappy idea and I need people to tell me. This right. Right. So. Exactly. <laughs> and I have people who will. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's important. Um, well, Sarah, I'm, I would love to, to also know for, you know, for those of you who are watching who are, you know, either current entrepreneurs, current founders, or aspiring entrepreneurs, and who struggle with this tension of when to listen to the, you know, to one's gut versus listening to, you know, to others, you know, what advice do you have for them? You know, I think that as an entrepreneur or as you enter this, it's hard. I think being patient with yourself is really important. Mm-hmm. It's not my strength. Uh, I will be the first to admit that that's something I have really had to work on, not just for myself, but probably more so for how I work with my team members. If I were just a solopreneur and didn't have anyone else working for me, it would be no problem. But, you know, when I do (laughs) work with other people and being able to be patient that way in terms of how you get ideas and understanding that not everybody gets to a decision place or gets somewhere the same way you do. Yes. Oh, my Um, gosh. That's so hard. (laughs) It's really hard. There are other times where people are just going to have to try to run and keep up if that's Mm -hmm. the case. Or, you know, you, you pick your moments. I think that Zen component. I view my business and probably even things in my life a little bit more pink in the wash more than I ever used to. I think I took a lot of individual cases very to heart and I still take a lot of pride. Integrity is like my number one word in my company and you have to have integrity in every point. But the pink in the wash concept has helped me with being patient, realizing that not every single thing has to happen the exact way I thought it would. Yeah. So if that means I'm trying to engage somebody to, you know, I have my gut and if you're trying to listen to your gut and you want other people to be listening to, mm-hmm. uh, you have to, I don't know, give them a little space sometimes. Yeah. But I do believe that balancing the logic, like my brain works in an art and science way. Yes. So probably the gut is more on the art side mm-hmm. generally. And I like to bring in the other side as well. So sometimes I can have an idea and I'm not sure if it's that great or it's like a gut mm-hmm. thing. And I'm like, oh, I'm not sure. So let me look at the numbers. Let me look at the, yeah. the strategy. Let me look at the, all this. And that'll help me. It'll help it be like, yep, this is a good idea. Or nope, that's not a good idea. Yes. You know, and um, and then other times you just really have to, I don't know, listen to voice. Right. When I started my company, and I imagine it's the same, or both my companies, mm-hmm. they were, their ideas I had that I couldn't get out of my head. And I think that that is what is a common story for many people. Yes. And that's the kind of gut instinct that I think you shouldn't try to shut out. Right. Like you have to really 
listen and explore and vet and give it the kind of the due diligence, the attention it it's asking for. Yes. There's a reason for that. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, Sarah, that idea of patience, right? Mm-hmm. Of patience with you know, not everyone getting what your gut instinct is on something that it's not going to come out clean. It's going to be a little messy. It's going to, a little color is going to rub off on those white yeah. sheets or, yeah, yeah. you know, towels or whatever. And I, um, yeah, I so appreciate that reminder. And then also, yeah, this idea that, you know, listening to your gut isn't just sort of one pure channel, but it's, it can be complemented with, yeah, this both art and science, like you're saying, you know, backing it up. And so thank you so much for being here, for stopping by from Colorado and, <laughs> and sharing uh, some of your wisdom with all oh, of us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I re- appreciate what you're doing and kind of pulling information from entrepreneurs and helping to share that with other entrepreneurs and, and business people, but I think that trying to pay it forward and, and not recreate the wheel when you don't have to, learning from other people's experiences is, is really critical. And it's something that I haven't always had in my career. And I think it's, it's fantastic. So thank you. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks.